Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer podcast. My name is Deb McBride, and today is Sunday, the 9th of February, 2020, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica. And we've just had a full moon where the sun is in Aquarius, as it is always this time of year, and the moon is in Leo. And the moon was in Leo last night. We had a full moon last night or in the wee hours of the night. And Aquarius is more brain analytical oriented. And Leo is more heart, creativity, fun and games oriented. And oppositions between the sun and the moon are always a full moon. So we have those once a month. And since we are in Aquarius right now, we can expect that the moon is going to be in Leo. And this doesn't necessarily happen... uh, at this point in the sun's time in Aquarius, it could happen at any point in the sun's time in Aquarius. And we had a new moon two weeks ago that kicked out the eclipse period. And this is the first lunation since then. So this is the first lunation since all the eclipse period was taken out of our awareness. And, you know, this is sort of a brain heart coherence thing with Leo being the moon, the lunar uh, realm right now. And the sun being Aquarius. So this is, you know, this happens once a year. And this is where we sort of balance every month, you know, with whatever the opposition is that creates the full moon. And this time, it's more brain, it's more heart, it's it's sort of those two places, it's feeling and it's thinking. So how we balance them um, in that realm. And now the moon is has moved on. It is already in the sign of Virgo. And other things are going on today. Uh, so that full moon is over. And other things are going on today. And namely, that is the Venus-Chiron conjunction. And Venus entered Aries a couple days ago. And I mentioned that last week on the podcast. And Venus in Aries, Venus is not in her favorite sign in Aries because she really belongs in Libra, which is the opposite. And she's you know, a little sharper, a little spunkier, a little, a little edgier in Mars's realm. And she's in this relationship with Chiron that she was building up to in the last couple days and now will peak today and fall off over the next few days. And Chiron, as you may or may not know, is uh, where we are wounded. So in mythology, he was what we call the wounded healer, meaning he was a healer and he could not necessarily uh, wrap his head around his own wound, which was actually a physical wound. And even though he spent time, you know, in the healing realms, he uh, eventually had to depart the earth because of his wounds, because he was in so much pain. Now, what we will seek to do with Venus going to Chiron is that we seek an understanding and a depth and an emotional connection to uh, the idea of a wound. Or, you know, this is in Aries, right? So this is the warrior sign and the sign of the, the individual and the sign of the... Uh, the one who wants to be first, the person who wants to be first, and the the initiator. So oftentimes what happens with Chiron in Aries, which has now been there for, you know, it's now, it's fully settled there. We've been back and forth with it a bit in the last year and a half. But what's really happened with 
with Chiron and Aries is the Chiron is is wanting to be independent and it's independent individual self there. And if you are born with this, as many people are born in the late 60s, uh, they are often having this conflict between being this person of uh, individuality and uh, sort of this experience of self and not having to bend towards the will of others, but they often do bend because they want to either be included or fit in or not disappoint someone. Because remember, the opposite sign from Aries is Libra, and that's about relationships. And so they are often getting pulled in this direction of like needing to relate and maintain their individuality and their independence and what's important to them as an individual. And so they often have to compromise and they shouldn't, you know, you know, we all have to compromise at something in relationships, any relationship, whether it's work or personal or familial. But, you know, one of the things that we need to be aware of with Aries, with Chiron and Aries is that the individual has to become aware of their own needs and not acquiesce to what someone else necessarily is going to pressure them into. And so this is something to be uh, aware of as we progress through the Chiron living in Aries for the next few years. And if you have this in your chart, if you're born during that time and you're having your Chiron return, which happens at about age 50 or so, you are keenly aware of what it feels like to have that experience, that need, feeling the need or being pressured into acquiescing. But really what's important is to get yourself, uh, get that individuality uh, straightened out and balanced. Now, when Venus comes to Chiron, we become aware of our relationship wounds or our, our emotional wounds, or um, we are more acutely aware of how that feels. And if you are a person who has Venus and Chiron together in your chart, in your astrological chart, then this is what we call a recurrence for you. So it would happen once a year, Venus and Chiron come together and you would feel the reverberations of what it looks like to have Venus Chiron in your chart. And so if you are a person, if you know your chart and you have Venus and Chiron together in your chart, then pay attention today, tomorrow, and you know, the next couple of days and you know, we're think about the last few days and understand where that wound is rearing its head. And how is it rearing its head? Where does that wound show up now you know where it is if you know where it is in your chart and and how that operates but venus chiron is interesting because you know it is the opportunity to heal the wound and we can all have the opportunity to heal the wound but we have to be acutely aware of what that looks like and what it is now what might happen for you, even if you're not a Venus Chiron person during this transit in these next couple days, is that you are acutely aware of where you in your life feel wounded or have felt wounded. And this is, you know, technically when it's described to you as a, as a learning astrologer, it's, well, this is the wound that doesn't heal. I'm not someone who believes that something can't heal. I believe it can get healed. 
we just have to work at it. And this is one of those things that we have to work at. So when Venus and Chiron come together, we need to believe that we can heal it and we have to figure out how it gets healed. What are the ways to heal it? What are the uh, methods, the the rituals, the, the however, the, the how we heal this, you know? And meaning, what technique do you use? Do you meditate? Do you see a healer? Do you, what do you do? And when it's Aries, it's really about that individual, but it's also about, uh, you know, wherever Aries is in your chart, and if, even if you don't have a Venus Chiron in your chart, that Aries individuality, where is it, where is it your own idea, your own work, your own thing? And how is that resolved when Venus comes there? How is that, in, how do you shine a light on that? So there's the individuality where you go, hey, I know exactly what I want to do. And I know exactly how this should be, meaning... I know, say for example, I know my work. I know how to do my work. And I'm not going to acquiesce to someone telling me how to do my work. You know, um, say you are an individual, an entrepreneur, and you know your business really well. You're not going to necessarily acquiesce to someone telling you how to run it or what your business really is when you know that you are correct and you have a you have your finger on the pulse of your own business, for example. And in this case, maybe you have your finger on the pulse of your own heart. And when you are looking at your own heart, as we might do with Venus going to Chiron, we have to look at what the wound has been, where it is in our life, and where we've been wounded emotionally, and how we handle it. Maybe we don't react to it anymore. Maybe we're just, oh, yeah, that was healed a long time ago. Maybe I worked something out there. But maybe it's it's in the process of being healed, or maybe you're getting a clue um, how to heal it, how to work with it. But Chiron is a funny energy. It's not something that is easily um, sort of handled because it's it's where the hot point might be in our chart. Where, where we feel like we've had to, um, you know, I, I thought I healed this before. I thought I've done this before. Haven't I healed this 10,000 times already? Oh, this again? Especially in its relationships. So if you're feeling it in your relationships, you know what I'm talking about. And you're like, oh, God, I'm attracting this again. And that's where you have to become acutely aware of how this works, how, how where it's coming from and how to heal it. And... I'm, you know, I frequently have to discuss this with people in their astrological chart. And it's, it's a tricky thing because Chiron's not a planet. It's a point. It's a, it, <laughs> they keep changing their minds about what Chiron is. It's an asteroid. It's a comet. It's a planetoid. It's a dwarf planet. So I think something, it's either a comet or a dwarf planet right now. But I say, never underestimate our Chiron transit. Because if you have something, say your ascendant is two degrees of Aries and Chiron is sitting on it right now. Well, hey, you're going to feel that. And wherever Chiron lands in your chart, you're going to feel that. And where is that 
uh, landing for you. If you're in Aries and you're getting this Chiron to your sign, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you only have the sun in Aries, if you're in Aries, you're going to feel this because you're in Aries and your sun, the sun shines there and you are coping with the understanding of your own, of your own wounds. So, and how to handle them and how to heal them and how to work with them. Uh, Chiron's complicated. It's not always something we, you know, it's like, oh, that again. Well, you know, I'm tired of healing that. Well, I've tried to do that 10,000 times. It hasn't worked. Um, mm -mm. You got to really look at it and say, you know what? I know how to do this I, and it's going to get healed and I'm going to be determined to get healed. And ultimately Chiron is bringing you something. It's, you know, I can't say, I can't say it's fun to have it go through your sign because I've had it go through my son a number of years ago and it's my son's sign and it's just, it, it was not a healing influence while it was in my sign. So if you're an Aries and you're getting this, and wherever you have, everybody has Aries someplace in their chart, but if you happen to be a person with planets in Aries, especially the sun, you're going to feel this and you're going to feel like, what did I, what is this, you know, and why is it so complex? And, and what I feel is important to know about Chiron is that Chiron is completely, you know, it moves forward, it moves on, and then we get healed. You know, we don't, we don't completely feel that healing when we are experiencing Chiron firsthand. So with that said, Chiron and Venus are conjunct. Today it's a peak, you know, this is the exact day. If you get some enlightenment about your relationships, well then great, make note of that. Remember it. It's going to help you because we all have to be healed someplace in our relationships when life belongs, you know, we're, we're with other people all the time. So somewhere in our relationships, there's an ounce of, of Chiron that's telling us where we need to be healed. So then there is the matter of uh, Mars leaving Sagittarius in the next uh, week and going into the sign of Capricorn. And we have one more week with Mars and Sag and Mars likes Sag, I think, because Mars is a fiery planet and Sag is a fiery sign and it's been good and, you know, it hasn't really bothered us very much because there's been nothing really getting in Mars's way. So Mars is really, you know, there was a, a square to Neptune back a few weeks ago, but really, you know, other than that was kind of enlightening because Venus was involved and that was, that was kind of powerful. We talked about that. But other than that, there's been no other real uh, planet bothering Mars. It's just been Mars going to through Sag and, you know, being on his fiery self and his fiery way. But now he's going to go to Capricorn where, you know, on next Sunday, and we'll talk about it again next Sunday, where he's exalted. Mars is exalted in Capricorn. It's going to go in like, you know, 630 in the morning Eastern time. And when Mars goes into Capricorn, yeah, he's exalted. He likes to be there because he's an ambitious planet, and Capricorn's an ambitious sign. But, you know, he's joining a crowd in that sign. So he won't really get to the whole Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto stuff till March. But what we will see, you know, through the remainder of the month is him approaching the South Node. And we will talk about that more as that happens, which is really at the end of the month. So we've got a while yet. But uh, it feels like we just started February and it's already, tomorrow's already the 10th. Um, <laughs> but we, 
Mars in Capricorn, Mars is industrious in Capricorn. So have fun while it's in Sag this week because Sag is a partying kind of sign and a traveling and and to foreign lands kind of sign. So have have a good time with Mars and Sag in this next week and just be prepared to maybe be more uh, direct with your business stuff in the next week. So work and and ambitions and, and stuff like that. It's an ambitious time when Mars goes into Capricorn. And so we've got him there for a while he won't move out of there for a little while yet so we will have more discussions about where mars is and then of course as i've mentioned next sunday when the same day that mars goes into capricorn mercury goes retrograde in the evening at about 8 p.m um eastern time so mercury is going to go retrograde again and it feels like Mercury was just retrograde, but it wasn't. <laughs> that was back in November, I think. And uh, so here we are with Mercury going retrograde at 12 degrees of Pisces. So this is interesting because, as I've mentioned last week, Mercury really belongs in Virgo, which is the opposite sign from Pisces. And this is a time to listen and pay attention and be... He's not really fully into Pisces. He's he's not all the way at the end, so he's going to go back into Aquarius. But remember what I said. Think about what happens because those last few days last week when Mercury was still at the end of Aquarius because he's coming back there when he turns direct. So not yet, but Mercury's going to... Mercury's going to start the 12-degree realm on Thursday of this week, which is the 13th. He's going to stop and start to really slow down. So he's going to 12 degrees of Pisces on the 13th, and he's going to remain at 12 degrees of Pisces till the 19th, which is basically a week. So we've got a week of Mercury at the same degree of Pisces. Now, if you have something at 12 degrees of Pisces or you have something at 12 degrees mutable, you can expect that something is going to trigger something in your chart, whatever that planet may be. Maybe you have the sun at 12 degrees Pisces. Maybe you have the moon there. Maybe you have something at 12 degrees of Pisces but or Virgo, and you can rest assured something is going to get triggered. So you may be doing some very nice healing work uh, because Pisces is a very healing sign. You may be involved in a creative process that takes you into another realm. And that's a very good use of Mercury in Pisces, stationing retrograde. If you can go into a realm of creativity and inspiration and spirituality and imagination during this time, Wow, that is the best use of Mercury stationing in Pisces. So look at your chart. Find out where that is. Where is 12 degrees of Pisces? And think about where that could really be benefit to you. Where could that be a benefit to you? Is it your creativity? Is it your spiritual life? Do you have a spiritual life? Is it encouraging you to have a spiritual life? Do you feel your consciousness being raised while Mercury is stationing, stopping in Pisces in some way. Now, I have found very wonderful um, ways of tapping into uh, a higher consciousness through meditation. And I always recommend that people do that. And people who know me are probably tired of hearing it. But um, <laughs> anyway, I, but it really does work. And if you find the right meditation that suits you, it really does work. So one of the best uses of this energy is to sort of go into a different realm, a mystical realm, 
maybe with your art, maybe your art, maybe you're a musician or a composer and you need to kind of go someplace else. Well, this is a great time to find that someplace else. This is a time to just tap into pure consciousness and see what comes to you and sort of go into the void. And that could be just silence for you. Maybe you're going on silent retreats somewhere. Maybe you're, you're going someplace foreign or someplace, you know, far from where you live to do a silent retreat. That's a great thing to do during this. And maybe you're just going into a creative space or maybe you're just going in to figure something out. But what's interesting is Mercury is going to be at the same degree of Pisces for a week and <laughs> not going to move. So on that note, we're not going to talk a whole lot. We're not going to um, you know, find words easily. This is the last week of Aquarius. We've got about another nine days or so, you know, a little more than a week. Mer uh, Mercury is going to stay in Pisces, but really shortly before the, like moments before it becomes the 19th of February, the sun is going to go into Pisces and everything, you know, that's it for, you know, the, the sun is not in Aquarius anymore after that. So uh, for another year, but so the words, if you need to speak, speak now, if you need to listen, well, listening is going to be part of all of this. So if you can't find the words for something, and if you need to find the words for something, well, then this is the week to find the words because once next Tuesday comes the 18th and then really the 19th, cause it's late. Depending on where you live, of course, if you live somewhere down under, um, then, you know, it's going to be a different, different day. <laughs> but the, you know, the 19th or so is when the sun goes into Pisces and we don't have air in the sky very much except for the couple of days that the moon is in an air sign here and there. So enjoy the air planets. You know, we just had this full moon. Enjoy the analysis. Enjoy the thinking part of your life. And really what you want to do is you want to find the listening space, find the white space to go in, find the place where nothing, no one, where there's, there's just peace. And that can come very easily while Mercury is just stopping in Pisces. And listen and be aware and connect and listen to what's happening and watch what's happening. And if you can raise your awareness and if you could raise your consciousness through the time of Mercury stopping, well then, that's really important and incredible and you should write all that down. Um, and some of it may defy language. Some of it is just a feeling. And it's been like that for a little while, like this experience this experience of just feeling and not being able to describe it. You can say, wow, that happened on a visceral level. Wow, that happened on a completely unconscious level. I felt that in my sleep. I'm recalling a dream. It's a feeling, but I can't measure it. I can't speak it in language. I, I can only um, feel it in my being. And that is often what happens when we have Mercury going through Pisces and staying in Pisces for a while. So Mercury gets an extra special trip through Pisces because it's, you know, spending more time. It's going to go out and come back in again. So it's going to go through the whole sign again from March onward. But really, so this is a time to listen and this is a time to prepare and it's a time to 
be aware and connect and connect and connect intuitively. Maybe you have a friend you haven't seen in a long time. It's really good to, and maybe you can't talk to them. Maybe they're just like, it's just, there's no time. You're busy, whatever. Connect to them intuitively. You know, say hello in your dreams. Say hello in your meditation. Say hello in, your, in just when you sort of close your eyes. And closing our eyes right now is actually really a good thing too. And getting more sleep is actually very helpful right now because of all that Mercury and Pisces brain brain rest. So it's it's maybe a time to just sort of let your brain flow. Let the answers flow to you. Don't push hard for an answer especially when Mercury goes retrograde, just allow the answers and everything to flow to you. Don't, don't push so hard. Because sometimes life just is saying it doesn't work that way. You, you have to just let the answers flow. If you're looking hard for an answer, you know, Mercury retrograde is a good time to find the answer, but you might not get it in words. You'll get it in feelings. So that's significant and important. Um, in the meantime, other aspects that we're going to experience is, uh, you know, the, the moon is now in Virgo. It's going to be in Virgo for the next couple of days, today, tonight, tomorrow, all day. And then it will uh, go void at about 1.30 in the afternoon, 1.26 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday the 11th. It will be void until 6.37 p.m. And it goes into Libra then. So Tuesday afternoon, it's void. You know, find some tasks to keep yourself busy. Do what you need to do. Uh, just keep working, you know, it's, it's Virgo. <laughs> and, you know, it's going to make some good aspects to Saturn and to Pluto while it's in Virgo, so that's always good. Then it's going to go into Libra, and it's going to make some more complex aspects, challenging aspects to Saturn and Pluto, but that won't come, that won't come until, you know, we get into uh, Thursday, because well yeah thursday um a little bit of the square to jupiter on wednesday so the 12th the moon is in libra the 13th uh it's in libra all day and then it's going to be void as of 4 40 p.m on um thursday and that's eastern time and then it's going to 7 37 a couple hours later a few hours later it's going to go into uh scorpio and that's you know, just in time to, for Valentine's Day. So, <laughs> um, and the moon in Scorpio on Valentine's Day is such fun. Um, <laughs> so use it to be passionate, use it to be um, creative, use it, to, you know, if you're going to give your loved one a surprise on Valentine's Day, maybe you'll, maybe you'll think, use some creativity, use it to be passionate. And, um, and try not to like keep secrets or bicker, <laughs> um, especially when the moon opposes Uranus <laughs> on Valentine's Day, which should be interesting and maybe a little surprising. So um, enjoy your Valentine's Day, no matter if you're single or not. Um, if you're by yourself, join some friends, do a, do a party. Um, and then it goes into Sagittarius very late on Saturday night, Eastern time, but it's going to be in Scorpio all day and then around 520 be void until like 1130. So, the, you know, it's Saturday. So just have a good time. And then the moon goes into Sag and it's going to be in Sag and, and on Sunday and Monday of the following week when in the United States it's President's Day. So there's a couple of, it's a little bit of a party weekend. So it's, you know, we start the weekend with Valentine's Day. If you're in the U.S., you get President's Day off on the 17th. Someplace else it's a bank holiday. So this is, you know, this is a, 
kind of a cool weekend coming up next week. And then, you know, um, and then it just, you know, moves through to the, the following week. It starts going back into Capricorn and stuff. But, you know, that Sag business, I mean, it's the party starts on Saturday night and keeps going until Monday. So, <laughs> um, and so enjoy your time off if you have it. Enjoy whatever time off you have. So really the big aspects this week are Venus Chiron right now. Um, and they all ask us to stay aware. You know, Venus Chiron asks us to be aware of relationships and, you know, where we, if you get your feelings hurt, if you do happen to feel hurt by something, pay attention to what it is because it's telling you something about you. Not don't point the finger, think about yourself. Think about how you're reacting to things. That's one. Then there's two, you know, Mars is going into Capricorn. And, you know, just as the, we're having that long weekend, that Sagittarius weekend next week, there's that Mars goes into Capricorn and says, you know, we got to straighten up and get back to business. Um, and then Mercury goes retrograde. And remember, as of like Thursday, it's going to start going to 12 degrees and stay there for a week because it turns around and goes back through the earlier degrees of Pisces. So... And on that note, um, I hope that this has been a good um, week for you. I hope that the week ahead is pleasant. I hope that you tune into uh, where Mercury is calling you. And I wish you a good week. My name is Deb McBride. My website is thegoldenastrologer.com. My Instagram is thegoldenastrologer. And I put videos on there of what's going on. And uh, my Twitter is at Deb Astrology. And I write a blog for my website. And I also um, have this podcast. And I also see people for sessions. So if you would like a session with me, you can book it right on my website. And to find out more information about me, you can always drop me a note at info at thegoldenastrologer.com or just you know read about me online on my website. And uh, if you have any questions about astrology, feel free to reach out. I bid you a lovely week ahead and thank you for listening.